setting fire to the stoner stereotype, sparking up candid conversations with cannabis researchers, entrepreneurs, and advocates. Educator, author, and advocate Dr. Mitch Earlywine is here to tackle the burning issues. CannabisRadio.com presents a no-holds-barred platform that seeks to redefine and revolutionize the entire scope of the cannabis culture while opening the door for more to join the cannabis crusade. Please welcome the host of Burning Issues, Dr. Mitch Earlywine. Thanks for joining us on Burning Issues, where we burn away the cannabis myths with science. And we give folks a feel for how cannabis reform is moving through the world. As many of you know, I'm Dr. Mitch Earlywine, licensed clinical psychologist in the state of New York and author of the Oxford University Press book, Understanding Marijuana. I also pen the High Times column, Ask Dr. Mitch. Today, we're delighted to have Normal's own Kevin Mamalji, and we'll get a few minutes about emotional avoidance in our section on self-compassion in the art of activism. So, I couldn't be happier to introduce Kevin Mamalji, Normal's National Outreach and Chapter Coordinator. Kevin's been a political consultant, a political director, and just an all-around active guy. He was an organizer for the AFL-CIO, so you can guess that really warms my heart. Welcome to Burning Issues. Thank you, uh, Mitch. I really appreciate the opportunity to join you guys on today's show. I know you've had an elaborate background in political action. I just wondered if you had any highlights about previous positions you might want to tell us about. Oh, man. Too many to name, really. I mean, I started back in 2007 with the Obama campaign, kind of swept up by his message of reforming our country's health care system, something that was that is near and dear to my heart. My sister passed away some years ago, and it was due to our broken health care system. So I joined the Obama campaign and 2007 as a volunteer, worked my tail off and organized my uh, local town, which happened to be in, in the heart of South Texas, a Republican stronghold. So it was definitely an uphill battle. But, you know, I felt passionate about what he was promoting at the time and just fought every day for it. From that point on, uh, from my position as a volunteer, I was offered, a, I was offered an opportunity to be a uh, staff with the campaign. And so from there, I left Texas and went on to Wisconsin, and it's been nonstop ever since. After my stint with the Obama campaign, I did some health care reform advocacy in Iowa and then headed out east and joined the Virginia gubernatorial campaign in 2009. And then I found my way in to Colorado, where I worked as the deputy political director for Senator Bennett here. So, And then, of course, as you said, the working AFL-CIO, I worked with them helping. The main message that we were pushing was keeping American jobs here because it was uh, during a time when we were seeing a lot of manufacturing jobs go overseas, and so uh, we were out beating the pavement, pushing a kind of a grassroots movement to, uh, you know, encourage Congress to make sure to keep American jobs here. So that's great, man. So tell me, what does the chapter coordinator do for normal? Well, oh, man, any and everything. Of course, my my focus is to nurture our network of affiliates and chapters across the country. And you know, as we just discussed, my background in electoral politics comes into play. Of course, given Normal's objective of reforming marijuana laws, having the electoral politics in my background definitely helps out in regard to working with these chapters to implement best practices, whether it's fundraising, community outreach, engaging local officials, or just, you know, community outreach in general. You know, that's a lot of my focus. But in addition to that, I also help out with the Normal Business Network. It's an organization, kind of an offshoot of Normal, that, you know, we recognize that 
in the emerging legal marijuana industry, there are good players, people that are concerned about consumer rights, things such as using organic pesticides and other non-harmful chemicals during the cultivation process. There's a lot of different things, but most of my work is focused on helping our chapters engage their local leaders on this issue. Oh, man, that's great. You got to go to bed at night thinking, hey, I'm doing something that matters. What do people? Yeah, I mean, what do people need to do to start a chapter in their area? Yeah, well, you know, it's, it's pretty simple. I mean, first and foremost, you have to be comfortable with speaking about marijuana publicly. I know it's, you know, for me, I live in Denver, Colorado, so it's quite easy to speak about marijuana without getting any strange looks. But, you know, I, I understand that, you know, in some of the non-legal states, it is a hurdle. Some people struggle with the idea of being open, quote unquote, <laughs> or, or coming out of the marijuana closet, so to speak. So, you know, that's the number one thing. If you're comfortable and you're passionate about reforming America's marijuana laws, it it starts on the local level. And so I encourage anybody that's interested to just start contacting your friends and family and seeing if you could build a coalition of people in your neighborhood or in your community that that feels the same way, because that's one of the you know requirements is having a board of directors. I mean, do I need three people? Do I need a dozen? What would be best? We have five. Of course, we could expand on that at a later time, but just the bare minimum. To get started, we ask that folks come together with five people at the table that's looking to, you know, play a part in some way, whether that's communications, deputy director, executive director, secretary, or treasurer. Those are our our main roles that we're looking to fill right now. But as organizations grow, you know, six months in, you know, you see a lot of folks bring on a volunteer coordinator or some other position that is needed by that local organization. So... But yeah, and and one thing that's exciting in regard to starting a new chapter, we just finalized the chapter starter packet. It's been a few months in the works, but uh, we're proud to finally have have the stamp of approval from our D.C. office, so it's available on our website. It's a comprehensive guide for, I mean, essentially, if anybody's looking to get involved, they they could get a copy of this document. It's roughly 14 pages. We put a lot of thought into it. A lot of feedback came from our local leaders running our our normal affiliates and chapters. And so the idea is you'll be able to look at this document and and be able to get your normal organization up and running without little to no issues. Everything you need, kind of your guide to building your normal organization. You guys put a ton of work in there and it's stunningly clear, which I'm super grateful for. Folks, you know, it's it's norml.org. And then if they just search from there, they can, they can find it. I'm curious, are there things that certain chapters do that you think, wow, yeah, that's a cool thing. This is what I'd like to see chapters doing. Oh, absolutely. My favorite thing, honestly, is just, again, tapping into that passion for grassroots organizing and and, uh, electoral politics. We've seen Florida Normal has done a tremendous job over the past six months of pushing decriminalization efforts on the local level. There's an attorney down there that was Michael Minardi, I believe his name is. He's been instrumental in a few historic cases there in Florida involving medical marijuana. Um, He's also working with Karen Goldstein of Florida Normal to really provide a template to these municipalities around Florida that will lead them to a decriminalization bill. Uh, We've already seen Miami-Dade County, Miami Beach, uh, I know Key West, uh, St. Petersburg, they've all passed decriminalization ordinance or they're currently considering it. So you know, that's definitely one of the things that, that I appreciate from my perspective. And then also Ohio, there was, you know, of course, there was a controversial initiative that was introduced this past year and voted on in November. It, of course, failed, but there were some victories around the state. 
Toledo saw some decriminalization efforts as well as Logan City. So, you know, again, speaking to where does change happen on the local level. And so it, it thrills me to see change happening on the local level because it comes, you know, from the bottom up. Once you get these municipalities decriminalizing, it ultimately will put pressure on the state government to reassess where they're at and, and you know, ultimately side with the, the people of Florida and, and these other places that are doing these decriminalization efforts. Yeah, those are just wonderful. I and mean, people markedly older than you remember when Florida was essentially a dangerous place to even get caught with a seed. And the idea that Dade County is considering decrim really warms my heart, man. That's that's just stellar for everybody down there, and, and my hat's off to them. Absolutely. Uh, and yeah. I think, you know, uh, one, one quick note on that, and I think, you know, it goes – it speaks to the effort being put forth by, you know, the leadership on the ground. A lot of people don't know where to start when, when they approach local government on these decriminalization efforts or just reform efforts in general. And so, you know, by providing a, a template, making it as easy as possible, it empowers folks that, you know, normally wouldn't be engaged in this process, you know, having a potential or having a template with guidance. I mean, it works wonders. And so hopefully we'll be able to kind of duplicate what Florida Normal's done and, and, and implement it in states where they do have that opportunity to, to pass these local ordinances. Oh, man, that would be great. Hey, as my cannabis radio brother Vivian McPeak would say, we got to pause for the cause because there are flaws in the laws. But <laughs> we'll be right back with more burning issues. More burning issues coming up after we blaze through these words from our sponsors. The next generation of vaporizers has arrived. Vuber vaporizers are blazing the way with unparalleled technology for oil, concentrate, or dry flower pens. Providing unsurpassed customer service and expert craftsmanship, Vuber vaporizers use cutting-edge technology, providing a power-packed, smoother vapor with a lifetime guarantee. Experience vaporizing the way it was meant to be, the Vuber way. Gondrepreneur.com, your guide to the cannabis business world. Gondrepreneur.com is a comprehensive resource for cannabis professionals and entrepreneurs. Download the Gondrepreneur app on your smartphone or tablet to catch up on cannabis industry news, scroll through our daily job listings, and learn about successful cannabis companies, executives, and investors. Gondrepreneur.com, helping Gondrepreneurs grow. Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina. Candid. I want to give you the inside story. Captivating. I want to introduce you to my kind and amazingly talented friends. Compelling. We get to meet some of the most amazing cannabis activists and warriors around. Listen in as medical marijuana pioneer Dr. Dina shares never-before-heard stories, chats with cannabis insiders and celebrity friends, and provides invaluable perspective and insight into one of the fastest-growing industries in the world. I want to share with you what was once confidential information. Let's expose the truth, discuss the issues, and learn the facts. Cannabis Confidential, only on CannabisRadio.com. Time to fan the fire on some more burning issues, only on CannabisRadio.com. And welcome back to Burning Issues. We're chatting with Normal Chapter Coordinator, Kevin Mamalji. Kevin, I know you mentioned the Normal Business Alliance. Could you give us a lowdown on how that works? 
The normal business network is essentially a, an organization. I mean, it's part of normal, but it's geared towards the business side of what's happening in the legalization world. As I mentioned earlier, we recognize, we at normal recognize the need for uh, good, strong relationships with businesses operating within the cannabis industry that recognize the need for consumer protections. I mean, that's kind of where the NBN came into play. A lot of people, when I've, you know, at trade shows and in other events, when I've talked to people about the NBN, their takeaways, essentially, they say, well, I guess it sounds like you guys are the better business bureau of the marijuana industry. And I think that pretty much hits the nail on the head. There's quite a few industry groups out there, as you know, and they all serve a purpose and they're all doing a great job. But, you know, through the normal business network, we've really implemented some high standards. So, you know, there's some folks that have applied that we've had to kindfully or respectfully decline their application simply because they were in a non-functional legal state. And so we want to make sure that everybody that comes into the NBN is is a good player. They're operating by, you know, current laws in their state and also, you know, cognizant of, you know, what they're applying on their products before they send it out the door. Man, that really does offer some reassurance. And I know if you are in a state with a tax and regulate model and you, you know, got two businesses to choose from and one's part of the normal business network, it's really worth going ahead and supporting those kinds of folks. Absolutely. And then what I'm curious about, you've been involved in the big legislative lobby day that was in D.C. last May. I know it's going to gear up for 2016. I'm curious if you got any visions for it or anything you'd recommend for folks. Oh, absolutely. I'm working with the D.C. office. From my experience over the past year, giving our network of affiliates and chapters as much leeway as possible in regard to planning. You know, so I'm working with our D.C. office. Uh, they're actively working with congressional offices to lock down a date. The sooner the better, I feel. So as soon as I get that date rolled out, I'd like to encourage everybody, you know, that plans on participating in our 2016 legislative fly-in to begin cultivating those relationships with your lawmaker now. You know, I mean, that's where last year, you know, I think we had a great turnout. Everybody had a, there was a lot of good to take away, but I think we could add a little bit more of a personal touch by encouraging, you know, say again, I'll just pick on Karen Goldstein down in Florida again, even though I'm sure she has a great relationship with her congressman, but still, you know, contacting them ahead of time and saying, hey, you know, this is Karen, this is one of your constituents, I'll be in Washington, D.C. on you know, whatever the dates we lock down. And, and I'd like to be able to come by and chat with you about the CARES Act or the Regulate Marijuana Like Alcohol Act or whatever it may be. But start those conversations now. Because I can tell you from, I've done a couple of legislative fly-ins with Normal and a couple of other organizations. And, you know, I mean, beginning the conversations early as possible so that there is some rapport. It's not your first time meeting or speaking with the legislators. And, you know, it goes a long way. It, it really does. And so that's that would be one thing that I would encourage folks to do. Um, oh, I definitely want to echo that because I found like there were places we'd go where we just get the eye roll. But if we already had an appointment, hey, there was a chair waiting and it right. just made a, a world of difference. Absolutely. Absolutely. And they appreciate it a lot. I mean, as you know, they, they're extremely busy. They have people in and out of their offices all day. And if you just pay them in the courtesy of, of giving them a heads up, they I mean, 90 99% of the time they'll accommodate. And that's, I agree with what you just said. I mean, there was a couple of meetings where we walked in and it was somewhat kind of unexpected. They still facilitated the meeting, but 
You know, I mean, if, if we could provide these legislative aides with white paper, with what exactly we're, we're going to be discussing, kind of an agenda, if you will. And then also just researching these bills, knowing more than just the talking points, being able to, you know, speak to them from a personal standpoint. That's one of the things that I've seen throughout my career in politics, you know, tying that personal touch, that personal story to why you're supporting a political effort is, is instrumental in, in your success as an advocate. If you go in and you just regurgitate talking points, it's effective only to a certain extent. But for example, with me, when I came into politics, I, I had no political background whatsoever. My family wasn't, they're not necessarily politically savvy, but due to the death of my sister and our broken healthcare system, you know, I was passionate about it. And so I took it and I ran with it and I was able to speak to it, the issue of healthcare reform from a personal standpoint. By researching these bills and understanding how they'll impact you or your loved ones and being able to articulate that to your congressman or your senator will be so much more helpful than, than just simple talking points. So, Oh, I got to emphasize, too, when you walk out, you feel so good. Like You feel like you've definitely done all you can to make things work. And it literally takes 15, 20 minutes to get up on these bills in a way that's way ahead of your congressional rep or any of their aides. The other thing, too, is if the, you don't know what these people look like, you can miss an opportunity. So I had an appointment with the aide, but then Paul Tonko, my congressman, was walking down the hall. So I ran up to him, gave him my card, shook his hand or anything. If I didn't know what he looked like, I would have missed it. Absolutely. That's a great point. When I was for a previous position with another company that I was working I prepared dossiers for a lobby day, and that was the key. I mean, it was having a, a five-by-seven photo and a uh, portfolio of each representative that we planned to meet with, just, you know, in case we ran into them in the hall or, you know, in the cafeteria or whatever it may be, because a lot of folks are unaware that members of Congress, while you're there, whether it's the Cannon House building or the Rayburn building, wherever you're at, you know, I mean, you could be walking alongside a senator or a congressman at any point, and so... Definitely knowing their face and recognizing who they are is, is extremely helpful. And even if there's not much conversation to be had, simply extending your hand and saying, Hi, Senator Gardner. My name's Kevin Mamology. I'm from Colorado. We're up here lobbying members of Congress on marijuana legislation. Just wanted to say hi. And as simple as that. You know, again, it's all about rapport building. Exactly, exactly. So listen, Kevin, I got to admit, I've got dozens of undergrads who want your job or they want to work in reform. <laughs> And I'm just curious, what would you recommend that they do? Get involved. It's been a long road for me to find my home here at Normal. Humble beginnings as a volunteer, just not knowing really what I was doing and just was passionate about it. And so I, I would say, you know, to anybody that's interested in getting in, involved in, in reform efforts, just get involved. Start speaking up at town hall meetings. Start contacting your legislators, you know, your city council members, introducing yourselves and and letting them know that you support reform, that you support hemp reform, uh, medical marijuana reform, or just outright legalization. And then from there, that'll naturally, you know, progress into the formation of a normal chapter. Just over the past year alone, I've had several people contact me and say, hey, there's, there's nothing in my area. I want to get involved. You know, the closest chapter is two hours away, three hours away, whatever it may be. And I just say the same thing. I say, look, you know, I could help you write a few templates. We could contact your city council representatives, your county commissioner, your local electeds, and, and just let them know that, you know, you're, you'll be looking to them to support reform efforts if it ever comes across their desk. And from there, I mean, the, from those conversations, those guys are calling me back six months later saying, hey, 
I actually ran into another guy that, you know, is at the city council building discussing reform efforts. And, and then he told me about his friend. And so we have a board. And so essentially from just getting up off the couch and contacting these folks and making your position known, your support of marijuana known, you'll naturally bring some folks out of the woodwork. And from that, you'll be able to establish a normal chapter. That's the key. you know. That's exactly it. So, hey, wise words from normal chapter coordinator Kevin Mamalji. Get involved, stay involved, and be smart, and prepare for the legislative lobby day sometime probably in May. Keep yeah, an eye cool. out when the time gets there. Right, right. We're looking at May. I, w- I would say towards probably the last portion of the month, the, the latter part of the month, but we still haven't gotten the, the details ironed out. But as soon as they are, we'll be sending out a blog post alerting folks. And this is definitely going to be a little bit earlier than our notice last year. So this will give folks some time to plan, of course, because it's coming right off of 420 weekend. People need to you know, start deciding where they want to allocate their resources and their time. Exactly. Hey, I, I wish we had all day to go through this, but I'm afraid our support team waits, so we'll be right back with some more burning issues right after these messages. More burning issues coming up after we blaze through these words from our sponsors. Dr. Dabber, hurry! Its temperature is shooting past 1,000 degrees Fahrenheit. It's burning up! I'm afraid for this little guy, it's just too late. What caused the problem? Only Dr. Dabber can maintain the perfect temperature for a smooth-tasting, slower burn. This standard vaporizer lost all of its health benefits, sending it up in smoke. So you're telling me that most vapor pens burn so hot they produce smoke, not vapor? Correct! Keep away from those standard vaporizer pens and turn to Dr. Dabber, doctor's order. Less heat, (laughs) more flavor. Hi, I'm Montel Williams. Most of you know me as a talk show host, but I'm also an author, actor, single father of four, avid snowboarder, and I'm also a medical marijuana patient. Living with multiple sclerosis, I'm in pain every day. Medical marijuana is my last resort, and it helps me when all other drugs have failed. If you'd like more information about medical marijuana, you can contact the Marijuana Policy Project at mpp.org or call 1-877-JOIN-MPP. Chronicling the latest cannabis industry news and headlines. Well, with four states with tax and regulate and the District of Columbia. The state of cannabis. Oh my God, it's refreshing. We have people that generally wouldn't speak on behalf of cannabis for fear of retribution, fear of losing your practices, fear of of many of those things, and and find ourselves in in a a place that we finally can. Bringing you fact-based news and views and keeping listeners on the pulse of what's happening in the industry today. The State of Cannabis. On demand anytime, only on CannabisRadio.com. Time to fan the fire on some more burning issues, only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back to Burning Issues. I'm Dr. Mitch Earlywine with our next chapter in Self-Compassion in the Art of Activism. Here's the part of our show that encourages all our listeners to take good care of themselves and each other. Today's topic is emotional avoidance. Emotional avoidance is any attempt to stuff our feelings down, pretend they don't exist, or cover them up. I want to emphasize that we all do this a bit, and we all pay a price. I'm eager for folks to get a feel for all their feelings. It's better than avoiding our own emotions, no matter how negative they might seem. Nobody dies from feeling their feelings. This topic's a big one, because we often get accused of avoiding our emotions when we commune with the plant. 
What prohibitionists often don't understand is that cannabis actually gives plenty of folks the opportunity to feel their real feelings. When we uncover our own negative emotions, we often find out that the whole thing is not a catastrophe. That's really the message. Negative emotions are helpful, not a disaster. Avoiding negative emotions or trying to control them or reduce them is actually the problem, not the solution. Why? Because avoiding bad feelings prevents us from doing what we value. Feelings come and go. Accepting our feelings is much better. Of course we get anxious, or we get fearful, or we get sad. We're human. I think that our culture often demands more emotional control than's really adaptive. I get sucked into it myself, I know, even on the show. I'm so eager for all our listeners to be happy that I sometimes gloss over the fact that it's fine when we're not happy. We don't have to be happy all the time, and anybody who can't deal with that fact is doomed to disappointment. There's so many settings that seem to demand that we stay calm all the time, but if we're willing to be uncomfortable, it opens up all kinds of opportunities. If we're willing to feel however we really feel, we get to do more stuff. But I'm getting too abstract here. We can all think of examples, so let me turn to a story. You know the one. It's the time that I took that risk that paid off. I was scared, I did the thing that I feared, and it turned out fine in the end. Don't you know that story? I'm sure you've got one yourself. For me, it turned out good because she married me back in 98. But you see how I run to the big success? Do you see how easy it is to assume that getting rid of the fear or having it turn out okay is really the big agenda? It's as if I'm still trying to avoid negative emotions. But there are other stories that aren't perfect. And guess what? I didn't die. I was scared. I took a risk. And it didn't pay off. And I didn't die. I didn't get the date. I didn't get the job. I missed the opportunity. But at least I got to do it. And it might have felt terrible, but I get to go on and try to do more things I value. Feeling terrible is not a catastrophe. Why do we fear negative emotions so much? Well, many times we think they'll never end. But avoiding them prevents people from living a full, meaningful life. Rather than trying to make them hurry up, we can actually lean in a little to those negative emotions. Go ahead and experience the angst. Oftentimes, what makes it worse is pretending like you're not supposed to feel it. If I say I'm upset and it's terrible that I'm upset, I have a much rougher time than if I simply notice that I'm upset. Of course, this idea can kind of pull me back to the change agenda because it's not about feeling good all the time. It's about noticing the feeling and letting it be without it having to be a disaster. What I'd like to focus on instead is, if I feel bad, but I get to do what I want, what I really value, that's the life I really want. If I fear feeling bad, I don't get to go outside, I don't get to do anything, I end up living a much smaller life. But if I accept the feeling bad, and it's just feeling bad, then it's worth it to do what I really value even if it hurts sometimes. So, feel bad today if that's how you feel, but do something that matters to you. I hope that Catching Burning Issues helped you get in touch with what matters. Hey, thanks for listening to our show here at CannabisRadio.com. You can also find us on iHeartRadio and iTunes. 
my enthusiastic thanks to producer extraordinaire Brasco and our guest, Normal Owns, Normal's own Kevin Mamalji. I'm Dr. Mitch Earlywine. Follow your heart and let the data be your guide. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.